0: Well, uh, good afternoon, everybody. Uh, my name is David Jones. I'm the Vice President for Student Affairs Enrollment and Management here at Minnesota State University, of Mankato. Thank you for taking some time this afternoon to join us uh, to share a little bit more about our plans for this coming fall. Um, you can see on the screen here and uh, all throughout this next hour that you'll have your questions answered by various members of our um, university presidential cabinet as well as various unit leaders across the university who bring their expertise to the questions that will be super helpful here today. Um, is a kind of how, how this will work here today. We um, will have a couple short presentations for you and then mostly we want, we want to answer your questions. Those that'll be, um, if you wanna use the Q&A function here uh, in Zoom, go ahead and start typing any questions you might have. Uh, we also have all the pre-submitted questions and there were over 50 submitted. So uh, we're, we'll include answers in, in some of our comments as well as try and answer every one of those. Um, and and do the best we can. And so with that, we'll we'll launch. Let me introduce uh, the president of our university, Richard Davenport. Uh, using a very comprehensive team uh, referred
1: to as Return to Learn, looking at precisely every potential question and issue uh, that you might have and that we have in order to provide the kind of uh, safety and well-being for the students that are going to join us in the fall. So we take it very seriously, as I know you do. It's exciting time to come to MSU. Our enrollment numbers are up. Uh, for the fall. It's amazing that students want to come back and graduate students as well as undergraduate students. But I wanted you to know that uh, these town hall meetings are really to help set the stage to try to answer your questions. And uh, obviously we've been spending a lot of time on it. We already kind of know what some of your questions are. But uh, let me just reassure you that we're really here to uh, make certain that everything is in place for a variety of teaching and learning, while at the same time really underscoring and emphasizing safety safety and well-being of our students, and of course, our faculty and staff. So without taking any more of your time, uh, I'm interested in what your questions are. We have a team of experts with us today that will be able to answer most of your questions. So thank you, David, and I'll turn it back over to you.
0: Thank you, President Davenport. So our first of our uh, three speakers is our interim provost, Matt Cecil, who will share with us a little bit about what we've learned since this past spring and what is our academic plan and what is learning gonna look like for the fall. Provost Cecil.
2: Thanks, David. And I'll just echo President Davenport's welcome and thanks for being here. Uh, To the students in the audience, uh, I just want you to know we're thrilled that you're gonna be Mavericks and we'll do everything we can to help you succeed uh, starting this fall. Uh, I also want to be able to get to the questions as soon as possible, so let me just cover a couple of quick things. Uh, we're six weeks out from the start of classes on August 24th, uh, and by the way, I'll post a link to our academic calendar for this year in the chat uh, as soon as I'm done speaking. You heard the president talk a little bit about the return to learn planning that we're doing. I'd like to highlight very quickly just one part of that, our flex sync courses, uh, something you'll d- see described in the course catalog as flex, and you may have heard of that. Uh, from other venues as well. Uh, FlexSync is our implementation of HyFlex and the whole idea of it is to give students options. Uh, Under FlexSync, faculty members will be in classrooms delivering course content to students in the room, uh, students who are socially distanced, wearing masks. Uh, Another group of students will attend the same class at the same time remotely via Zoom. Uh, In some cases where we have more students who want to be in person than we are allowed seats in the classroom under social distancing, uh, we'll rotate students one day in the classroom, uh, one day via Zoom, and so on. Uh, And we'll work with students to accommodate your individual preferences uh, as to where you want to be in the classroom or via Zoom. There are several advantages to this kind of delivery. Uh, First of all, as I mentioned, it gives students choices. Uh, Students tell us they want live teaching, uh, not online courses. Uh, FlexSync allows that while allowing students to make a choice about whether they wish to be in a classroom or wish to attend via Zoom. It also puts our faculty in a, a position to be successful. We heard loud and clear uh, that online experiences for many students in high schools and universities during the truncated spring semester wasn't great. Uh, And so this option puts faculty in their comfort zone, a place where they uh, are trained to deliver that kind of content in a classroom. Uh, It also allows us to adapt if things change down the line, and we think it's the best way to safely bring people back to campus and give students a choice. Uh, of how they attend classes, I'll be happy to talk more about FlexSync or anything else. But uh, I want to leave plenty of time for your questions, so uh, I'll turn it back to David now. Thanks, David.
0: Thanks, Provost Cecil. And uh, as you alluded to, the, lots of questions that we'll be coming back around uh, to talk more about the experience. Our second person I want to share with you has been the the team lead here for our university related to the registration process and the signing up of classes, which is you know really the main thing about attending any university, and so. I'm excited to introduce to you, Lynn Akey, our Vice President for Student Success, Analytics and Integrated Planning, to talk a little bit about um, the student services that we have to help your students be successful, as well as the uh, advising and registration process and how it's going.
3: Great, thank you, um, Dr. Jones, for the introduction and, and welcome everyone. Happy to be able to spend some time with you this evening. Um, as uh, the Provost Cecil just mentioned, um, we are are actively preparing for the fall semester and happy to be welcoming our students through the advising and registration process. Um, And in fact, I know we've seen many, um, perhaps of you already, um, and that two thirds of our students have already completed advising and registration for the fall semester and have secured their fall schedule. At the same time, we still have students, uh, maybe some of you with us this evening, that still need to complete that process. Um, And so if you've not completed that process and want to get started on that right away, um, you can contact us directly at advising at mnsu.edu. And I'll put that in the chat as well as soon as I'm done done speaking. um, If you have any questions about that process, Um, or again, if you've not gotten into that process with us or taken those steps forward um, and need to, you can contact us and we'll move you into that process um, quickly. At the same time, I know, again, many of you already have your schedules for fall, but you may have questions about your course schedule for fall as you're thinking about it or perhaps um, as you've gone over it again, you're thinking about making some changes. Um, We do have a team of academic advisors that we'd be happy to speak with you um, via Zoom uh, this summer to help you sort out any changes you might want to make to your schedule for the fall semester. So again, um, if you've already met and have an established advisor, you can certainly reach out to your advisor directly. If not, or you're unsure who that person might be, you can also just contact us at advising at mnsu.edu, and we'll put you in touch um, with your currently assigned advisor or an advising area associated with your program of intended study. And again, to get you ready to go um, for this fall semester. We'll also, as we approach the fall semester, have advisors available, again, to meet with students, either who are coming um, late into the process for registration, or again, if you're contemplating changes to your schedules. Um, and want some consultation, we um, will be available as well. Um, so we look forward to, to seeing folks as we enter the fall semester and as we move um, throughout. So I'm gonna put that email link um, into the chat function. And then as we get to Q and A, happy to answer any further questions about our advising and registration process this summer.
0: Excellent, thank you, uh, Lynn. Appreciate all the, the updates on uh, on that as well. And I imagine we'll have some more questions uh, that may pop up. At- so uh, our third speaker is me. So let me, let me share a little bit more about our campus uh, plans for, for outside the classroom. And as many this is for our new students, so many of our incoming first year students and transfers who, who are on the call might be living with us and that uh, we've received lots of questions about that. So let me explain a little bit about how the, the housing um, will work for this coming fall. Um, first, I wanna share with you that we've been very integral in the planning process with the Minnesota Department of Health. We've had staff serve on the statewide committees to help define what needs to happen on campus to make sure it's as safe as possible um, and whatever we can do to reduce the transmission of the COVID-19 virus. So we've been fortunate enough to be part of that planning to really have some great takeaways that are not only influencing our campus, but as well as all campuses within the state of Minnesota. So here's what we're gonna do to really make a difference there. First off, many students should have already already received uh, their roommate information. If you have not, um, please reach out to the Housing or Office of Residential Life, and they'll help confirm that information. We have designed what we are calling Drop and Go, which is a move-in process which will provide greater social or greater physical distancing as you move in. Beginning either later this week or the first of next week, you'll have an opportunity to go to the Residential Life website and sign up for a time um, with you and your family to do the traditional move-in to the residence hall between August 8th and August 16th. Um, We are limiting the number of students and families in each building Um, over certain hours. You get a two and a half hour block to move in all your belongings, get the room set and everything. At that point, you can head home. And then when it's time for you to come back right before the start of classes, you'll be able to move in. This process does a couple different things. One, uh, provides some safe physical distancing, so we make sure we're not transmitting it among people who are visiting our campus. Um, The second is, uh, it also gives an opportunity if the virus is active on any belongings, that it would die during that time. And that's following CDC protocol as well, it gives an opportunity to make sure that, that no transmission would happen lively that way. And then you would come back, as I mentioned right before the start of classes and have an opportunity to, to wish your student well and, and, and uh, drop them off or, or let them drive down and move into their residence hall permanently at that point in time. Minnesota Department of Health considers all residents within an apartment or a house a family unit. For the case of a residence hall, that'd be all the residents or the students within a a dorm room or a room um, in any of our residence halls, whether it's in our apartment setting or a room, a traditional double room. And so as we look at some of the response questions I know that we'll be talking more about, it's that family unit that will help define how we're going to manage any times that there might be a positive COVID test or anything like that. if you are a family that might be farther away and you can't make two trips to come to campus, we would ask you, we will work with you and schedule a time for you to come in. And when we're gonna ask you to come in a little bit earlier than just right before classes, that way you've got an opportunity to um, get settled as well. And then hopefully find out You know, any transmission is hopefully reduced by doing that practice as well. In the event that we have anyone on the call here today who is traveling from another country The state of Minnesota is still requiring everybody to do a two week quarantine. And so that um, can be done on campus. We would work with you um, in that particular case to figure out what we need to do to provide the the meals and the other support to enable you to do that before you can attend class or do other things in our community. But that's an expectation and we feel prepared to be able to provide that support at this point in time. Beyond housing, uh, we are working very closely with our dining services here on campus to make sure that we have to-go options for those that feel um, like that's a better option, or you can eat in one of our dining halls. Uh, We've made sure we're providing the right social or physical distancing between our our various tables and locations. Gone are buffets, uh, you'll be served by staff um, and not self served in any of our food locations, anywhere on campus, that'll be a new standard that we will have beginning this fall to again reduce that transmission. And then even beyond uh, eating and and sleeping and living on campus, we have campus activities. And um, as we look at many, um, as we learn more each week uh, about um, the COVID-19 and its transmission and everything, we know we're operating under the expectation that the state of Minnesota wants us to keep groups smaller than 25. That applies to classroom settings, it also applies to groups outside the classroom. So as we're developing activities for students to get to know each other, integrate and spend time together. We know we need to be smaller and 25 and at least six feet apart from each other. And so staff right now are working hard and trying to make sure we create those opportunities because that's a big part of the collegiate experience. We understand that is, is learning, meeting, and getting to know people um, as part of your new community. So I'm gonna pause right there. Um, and I see we've got questions already popping in. Um, for our first go around though, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go up to Mark Johnson. He's our vice president for technology here at the university. And um, we had uh, some pre-submitted questions related to technology. I know many families are probably doing back-to-school shopping and getting ready. And we had two questions, um, Mark, if you could answer. One was talking about, uh, asking a question about purchasing laptops through the university. And the second was, if there's any laptop recommendations you might have for a family looking to buy one before the fall.
4: Absolutely. I just posted in the... uh... In the chat function uh, store.mnsu.edu. It's a great resource for anybody interested in computers that are available on campus. Uh, We feature Dell, um, Apple, uh, Dell and Apple and Microsoft computers and we will help you uh, find the right computer and we also provide service on campus which is really handy. Uh, so love to have you use that. The other the other uh, link I posted was a major guide and it kind of is a rough outline of depending on what major, here's what we've learned from faculty members and here's some recommended configurations. The last thing I'll mention is we have the capability if you contact us at store.mnsu.edu uh, to actually work with you individually and work through any concerns or questions you have and then find a computer that will work for you, have it ordered, have it ready for you when you arrive um, so we're delighted uh, for the question and I uh, think we have some really good resources on campus to help you out.
0: Excellent, thank you. Um, uh, Pro, uh, Interim Provost Cecil, I'm going to come back to you. I see we're getting some questions more about um, uh, students are asking questions that, that appeared my class was in person, now it's online. Can you help it understand kind of the difference between the, the FlexSync and I'll turn it over to you to kind of answer that general question.
2: Sure, uh, happy to do so. So, uh, right now, if you look on eServices at your schedule, you're going to see several different things. If the course is a flex sync course, uh, that is a course where you can attend in person or uh, remotely via Zoom. It'll say high flex, which again is sort of that industry term for FlexSync that we're using. And if it's a fully online course, and we do have fully online courses, it will say online uh, to make that clear. If it's an in-person course, course, and we do have about, oh, about 20% of our courses that require some kind of in-person experience, like uh, you, I would say science labs, art classes, theater, things like that, it won't say anything. Uh, it'll be blank essentially. So if you see a a blank in that uh, delivery mode section, that means it's an in-person course that requires uh, folks to be in Mankato and attend specifically certain in-person courses. Uh, But about 70% of our courses are either the HyFlex, FlexSync, or in-person, and about 30% are fully online. If you have questions about that, if you're not clear, uh, based on what you see on e-services, that same email address that Vice President aiki shared, advising at mnsu.edu, is absolutely the best place to go for answers on that.
0: Excellent, thank you. I, I should mention for those who with us here today as well, um, Dr. Brian Jones is uh, our Director of uh, University Admissions is answering some of the questions that are being popped up in on the chat feature as well. So um, it's, we've got quite a volume today, so we're trying to hit with all different, different angles. Uh, uh, There's starting to be a a series of questions that were submitted as well, and then seeing some here today. We want to talk a little bit through the process. What happens if in the event uh, that a student um, tests positive for COVID-19 or has exposure to someone? Um, Let me tell you from both an on-campus and an off-campus approach. Um, Before that, we're going to be asked as part of our response for keeping our, our campuses healthy as much as possible, we'll be asking every campus member our faculty, staff, and our students to conduct a daily pre-screening of themselves and an opportunity to go through and look through um, many of the CDC and MDH recommendations. And we have it posted uh, on our website as well as we have it posted on every exterior door on the campus right now, as well as we'll be connecting, uh, providing a website where you can go go to do that. But basically asking yourself the same questions. Have you been exposed to something in the last 24 hours who you know is tested positive? Do you have a fever? Are you feeling nauseous? You know, you know the checklist and everything. If you say yes to any of those, we're providing not only an opportunity to connect with our student health services or the Minnesota Department of Health, um, but then are asking you to take the appropriate step and not come to campus. Um, that's the incredible opportunity that we've created with this FlexSync that Provost Cecil was just talking about is that it does allow you to maintain momentum on your learning without having to put anyone else in jeopardy. And that's, that's really the magic of it. In the event that we have a student who tests positive and happens to live in a residence hall, our current um, direction that we're receiving from Minnesota Department of Health right now is that we know you can be asymptomatic up to three days before that. And so if you get exposure um, or you test positive, right now the expectation is you you quarantine yourself um, or in the event that it's a positive test, you're gonna self-isolate for 14 days. We have the resources on campus Matter of fact, um, the president has charged us as a university to make sure that we have all the personnel in place and we are hiring some additional folks to help provide the case management of any student who might be sick, whether it's on campus or off campus, and to make sure that we can connect with uh, food services, anything they may need to provide support during that time. A student may choose to go home and self-isolate that way. That's always appropriate for those that have that opportunity but know that we have put aside beds. Um, right now, we have just um, under a hundred beds set aside in our, our housing inventory to provide opportunities if we need to isolate somebody um, and with private bathrooms, and then um, provide that support that we need to. If it's an off-campus student who, um, again, tests positive or and needs quarantine for 14 days, we also have this off-campus resources person that we'll be hiring. Um, we will be working closely with Blue Earth County Um, Our university um, is located within Blue Earth County and works very closely with Minnesota Department of Health. And we also can coordinate local support services to make sure that everything's needed for your student to to be safe and and, um, achieve the resources they may need during campus or during that, that 14 days. In addition, we have a fully functioning student health center on campus. We're in the process of building and putting together a respiratory clinic. We do fully anticipate to provide testing. For those students that call ahead and and indicate that they feel like they need to go through a test because of either a symptom or exposure, we'll be able to provide that service here on campus. Or if a students more comfortable, provide the referral to um, a couple different local providers here in the area. So it's just another one of those things that we're very fortunate as a university to have that full kind of service available for everybody. I muted myself, sorry about that. I was gonna turn to Vice President Strzokka to see if you wanna share a little bit more about financial aid packages. We received a question about those and the timing.
5: Certainly, um, I appreciate the the referral, uh, David. Hi, my name's Rick Strzokka, the Vice President of Finance, and and welcome, Mavericks. We're excited to have you on campus. Uh, We just completed uh, loading all of our um, tuition tables and costs into the system this week. We hope to be calculating all of our tuition and calculating our, our final uh, financial aid award letters uh, starting next week. Um, if you happen to be from South Dakota, Wisconsin, uh, or North Dakota, uh, the Minnesota Office of Higher Education has not finalized those reciprocity rates uh, with us yet. So there might be a few uh, small adjustments made there. But we're hoping that those financial aid packages and award letters will go out as early as next
0: week. Excellent. Thank you. You know, one of the questions I'm going to come back to you, Vice President Strock, is that um, a couple people have identified that, you know, as we went through the transition from in-person to online in the spring, um, if that were to happen in the fall, you know, why is there a cost difference between in-person and online um, with our, our, our structures right now and costs? Um, and then after that, uh, Provost Cecil, I'm going to come back to you. There's some questions about the academic calendar and, and potentially ending early, if you could answer. Um,
5: Yes, um, we've had in place for uh, a number of years now an online uh, uh, tuition differential, $4.50 of each credit that is to support some system-wide initiatives. Uh, It pays for the Desire to Learn D2L instructional management system, as well as a number of uh, online services that are available, some online tutoring, online chat, and so forth uh, to help support these students. Um, in, in addition, we pay for some instructional designers and other, uh, fac- uh, other support positions uh, to help support online learning, uh, to get the curriculum online in, a, in as quality a manner as we can. We use often uh, an a, a assessment tool called Quality Matters or a process called Quality Matters to make sure we can do that. Um, yes, there there may be um, online uh, tuition differential for those courses that were planned to be online. If there's a switch in the middle of the semester, I think we'll have to review at that time um, exactly what we would do there. We did not um, upgrade and, and charge that differential at spring break when we moved the rest of the classes uh, online. So I, I think we'll have to wait and, and see what happens. Uh, the, one of the reasons we like the, the FlexSync or the high flex courses is um, we do not charge the online differential to those courses uh, and they're ready to pivot in case we have to go to an online environment um, you won't see that much of a change in your in your capability the instructors have set up their curriculum to be successful in that mode and uh, we're looking forward to uh, uh, seeing how this whole semester plays out but we're, we're excited that as of today, uh, we're looking forward to welcoming you to campus here in a month.
0: Great, thank you for that explanation. Uh, Provost Cecil, can you talk a little bit more about any considerations in academic calendar changes?
2: Sure, uh, you know, a lot of universities have started to talk about uh, possibly, for example, one of the most common things that people are talking about is ending in-person instruction at Thanksgiving. I think the University of Minnesota and some others Uh, have moved in that direction uh, across the country. While we haven't made any decisions about that, uh, that is on the table, something that we are looking at at this time. Uh, We haven't uh, really had an in-depth discussion about that specific proposal. I will say that uh, we are part of the Minnesota State Colleges and Universities system. Uh, We're one of seven universities and I think 30 uh, community colleges. And that system office sets sort of the, the boundaries of our semester in other words the start date and the end date are set by them what happens in between them uh, we do have some control over so that idea of ending at thanksgiving is something that we are looking at and discussing but we haven't made a decision on that just yet
0: excellent thank you very much so let's jump up to uh, we've got a bunch of questions here that are being submitted right now Um, i'm gonna pop down to a couple here Uh, one question if a student does test positive for COVID, how are you contact tracing for, the, for those that have been exposed? So we have on our uh, university website, we have a, a dedicated website um, called Return to Learn, which you've already heard a little bit about here today. We have um, posted within that um, our notification processes in the event that somebody tells us at the university, there's, there's really two pathways that we're gonna find out about a positive case. One would be if the state of Minnesota tells us as a university that somebody who is part of your community is tested positive the other would be that person or a friend identifying them to us. Um, when a friend or they self-identify, we will share that information with the Minnesota Department of Health and then they will um, look at their own databases to confirm whether that's accurate or not, because in some cases when it's secondhand or third-hand it's, it's not accurate. Uh, Minnesota Department of Health is leading contact tracing for universities in the state of Minnesota, so they have staff located up in the Twin Cities that are Uh, We'll reach out to the person who tested positive and then learn more about their recent travel and where they were, and then find out if there's anybody who may have been exposed that needs to be um, notified that they should consider um, uh, self isolating or quarantining really, for the next 14 days. In the event that somebody um, believes that they were exposed uh, to somebody right now, or if you're, um, pardon me, if if you show some symptoms and you're not sure you were exposed to somebody um you're asked to uh self-isolate for three days and if those symptoms without like if you have a fever you try trying to te- treat it with tylenol if it goes away without any medical treatment of any sort then you're able to uh return back to campus or or whatever activity within the state of minnesota that you were doing so those are really t- two things if, if you have some kind of symptoms you've got three days otherwise it's always a 14-day um, uh, opportunity to quarantine or self-isolate right now and so That's um, our plans and contact tracing. Uh, We do have our student health staff um, being able to assist as well as um, elements of our environmental health and safety staff that can provide uh, assistance on that as well. Our next question is, uh, will residence hall kitchens be open for use by students? Um, They will be. uh, They will be locked though in the residence hall. Students will have an opportunity to go down to the front desk in each residence hall, check out a key. This will enable us to make sure that we keep that space clean as well as limit the number of people in that space. We want to make sure we're, we're continuing that physical distancing, but the kitchens will be available. Let's come back to um, one of the questions that were, two of the questions were submitted earlier was, uh, when we talk about social norms on campus related to social distancing, physical distancing and mass. Um, I'd like to turn to our Vice President for uh, Diversity and Equity, um, Henry Morris, maybe to talk a little bit more about what, what is it that our expectations as a university of how students wear masks and, and behave and practice hygiene within the campus environment.
6: Uh, thank you, David. Um, we are uh, moving toward um, asking all members of the community to wear masks as in this environment to help protect their fellow Mavericks. Um, it is important that we help to um, slow the um, virus, uh, that's important to us. Uh, it's important to you as parents and as students to um, figure out ways that masks is one of the ways, including social distancing. So those in classrooms and in social settings, um, we're still finalizing, which should be coming out this week, um, where all the places masks would be required as we go forward. And so I think, again, we will have uh, every student here will get to mask, which will be branded with the Maverick uh, logo uh, as we go forward on this. Uh, And we hope we would all be take a little time to be uh, care for our fellow Mavericks as we go forward with mask. Excellent.
0: Thank you, Henry. Uh, Lynn, I see we're getting some questions about um, if they've not heard back from their advisor for classes or is there something more concrete they can do.
3: Yeah, what I just would recommend, if you can drop an email to advising at mnsu.edu, then we can check on the specific status of your student as they move through the registration and enrollment process. Um, We can connect um, to make sure that they've uh, got that appointment um, so that they can sit down with that advisor either in a small group session or one-on-one to pick out their classes for fall. Um, so if you drop us a message there, we'll look specifically at your students' um, situation and get them moved forward for their enrollment. Excellent. Thank
0: you. Yeah. Um, Vice
3: President Straka,
0: I see we have a question about any decisions about fall athletics. Uh,
5: that's a, a really good question. Um, we're, as of today, right now, we're, we're still planning uh, on, on having uh, the football team would be the first team to report to campus on August 10th. We've got a couple of squads who are scheduled to report uh, the week after that. Uh, There is a lot happening in the college intercollegiate athletic environment right now. So we monitor that and and the situation may change every day. Uh, Division two, which is all of our sports with the exception of men's and women's uh, division one hockey. uh, Those uh, have had, most sports have had their uh, number of contests uh reduced a little bit football from 11 to 10 and other sports accordingly but uh, as of today we're hoping to move forward with uh, intercollegiate athletics what we don't know as of today is exactly what uh, the environment might be whether we'll be able to have spectators uh in the stands or or whether these will all be uh live streamed we do live stream all of our most of our intercollegiate uh, athletic events so that would be another way to to watch uh, watch the events um, as we move forward.
0: Excellent, thank you. I think the whole country is on that particular one at this point in time. Um, I see we got we a, a host of questions here about um, when to sign up and what is the first move in day. Again, um, by the end of this week and no later than um, uh, the beginning of next week, we expect to have the link available for you to select the time that you move in. And so that, that'll be up to, you'll have the opportunity to pick what schedule, what date and time works best for you so uh, we'll make sure that, that link gets sent out to everybody who sign up for housing. For those of you that, that haven't heard of an assignment for housing, again, uh, I would reach out to our housing office, our Office of Residence Life, um, if you've not heard of it and they should be able to help you and give you an update on why that might, might not be in your particular case. Um, we have been a little bit delayed on some of the assignments because we wanted to, um, we did extend our housing cancellation deadline. It's traditionally been July 1, but due to the coronavirus, we have uh, d- delayed that back to next Monday, July 20th. So that should uh, provide uh, closure for those that were, might be waiting at that point in time. Uh, the, we see a couple questions here also about campus recreation facilities, will there be intramural sports this year, that sort of thing. Um, much like uh, some of the, the things that Vice President Strachan shared that we're waiting on with athletics, You know, those physical activities that, that um, have the potential of being a higher transmission activity, are ones we're working um, closely with the state of Minnesota. They are providing some um, guidance within that industry for like local gyms, YMCA's, that sort of thing. We've already started to make plans for our campus recreation center of how we can um, move equipment farther from each other to provide uh, opportunities for people to do the the workouts that they want and everything. Some sports, uh, basketball, kind of high contact, sweat, breathe on each other activities will likely not be available at the start of the year, but we'll have uh, other opportunities. We are very fortunate to have um, large field spaces as well as a, um, a running, uh, not a running track, but a running trail with a fitness equipment on it as well. So there's opportunities to to get your fitness in on the outside uh, of our campus as well. Will there be any restrictions on what counts as an acceptable face covering? Can I ask you, Lynn Aiky, to take that one?
3: Sure, thank you. Yes, right, right now, and what we'll continue to do is we continue to follow the guidance of the CDC and the Minnesota Department of Health. Um, and so if you're curious, I would recommend um, those references um, as guides. And so that's continued to be the guidance that we look towards um, in guiding us forward. We know that there's not a you know one method that fits everyone's needs. And so we recognize people may choose um, various different um, types of face coverings. Um, again, what we lean on is the guidance that we receive from the CDC and from the Minnesota Department of Health. And that's what we'll continue to reference and ask um, for our community to um, respect.
0: Excellent, thank you, Lynn. Uh, Vice, Prozo, Pro, Vice Provost, pardon me, Provost, interim Provost Cecil. Um, one of the questions that's popping up now is, uh, if my roommate and I have an online class at the same time, how can they be respectful of each other? Will the library be open or other places on campus um, be available? Can you share some answers on that?
2: Yeah, good question. Uh, Yes, the library will be open. Uh, We've been working really hard uh, to create plans for the library uh, to keep people socially distant. Uh, There will also be other uh, areas where technology will be available on campus. Uh, Our hope is that you'll have you know, everybody likes to find their spot on campus where they like to be, where they like to study or work on classes. Uh, we have lots of great spots on our campus, and I think you'll still be able to do that this fall.
0: Um, <clears throat> Vice President Johnson, there's a question here about what is our university plans for eSports this fall? Can you provide an update?
4: You bet. We've got a really robust um, movement forward on eSports. I think it's really exciting. We've got a special space now that we've designed for eSports and we've got equipment coming in and we're starting to bring together both the recognized student organizations that have different games that they sponsor along with um, potentially some coaches and mentors. So we'll be having a a brand new introduction uh, of our place that we're going to be at as far as eSports goes. So Uh, If you want to follow, David, I know, sent a newsletter out a little while ago that had some graphics. I'll give him some new ones. The graphics are up. The room is available, and the equipment is now being installed. So um, we're going to have a lot of new and exciting things with eSports. Thanks for the question, Anthony.
0: Absolutely. There's a couple of questions here surrounding the idea of uh, testing and mass testing for for COVID-19. As we've worked closely with the Minnesota Department of Health, it's been their recommendation to not do mass testing. Um, of campuses and um, because it provides a little bit of a false sense of security in that uh, it truly is a snapshot in time, and if you're bringing a population together, um, that, that, that might identify a couple cases, but it's not, it, it potentially would be too late at that point is what they're indicating. Um, testing really should be done if there's a, conf- a confirmed exposure um, to somebody at this point in time. It's, it's still their recommendation. Uh, and then there was a follow-up one. Um, does somebody have to have a, a multiple negative test before they could return or, or come, come back to class? Um, at this point in time, we would uh, learn um, what your medical provider, uh, who indicated in, and um, diagnosed that positive test, would provide direction on whether that be needed or not based on your, your healthy condition at that point in time. We as a university will not be requiring that. Can we buy a mask with a Mankato logo on it anywhere? We are providing, as a university, we'll be providing two, two uh, cloth masks, uh, face coverings to every student, staff, faculty member here at the university, and um, really encourage people, uh, parents listening on, the, on this uh, webinar, um, you know how often your student might be doing laundry, so you might want to buy a couple more before you come to campus, um, <laughs> just as a backup, too, because they, they do need to be washed. Uh, um, as well for, their, for them to be most effective. Uh, there's a question about MavCard. Um, I don't know, if Vice President Straka, if you can um, share. If somebody's just turning in their picture now, is it too late? Will they receive that in advance, or can they just pick it up?
5: That's a that's a really good question. I uh, not at that level of detail. Am I usually involved? Uh, I believe we're doing very well at keeping up, and 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 keeping on top of those right now. So um, if you have a question there, I would send that to uh, that question to campus hub at uh, mnsu.edu and the campus hub will be able to get back to you and answer that question.
0: Mm-hmm. I would think though as a backup they if they show up in person at some point they uh, yes. that's the back end of that anyway.
5: Yes, yes, they'll be able to get a card here in person.
0: Yes. Uh, another person asking should students buy a thermometer? Um, we are recommending that. Um, that's a, it's a great way to double check if you have that fever or not, and we know that they've been more difficult to find. And in, in, uh, uh, so if you want some, some uh, opportunity to get that in advance, that would probably be something smart to do, just to have in your inventory um, a little bit different than what you might shop for, a typical back-to-school item, But it'd be helpful in the event that it might be needed. A uh, question about Nelnet. Is it the only option to pay for college? Is there an interest rate for this option? Um, vice president Straka, can you talk a little bit about that? Uh,
5: there's a one-time fee each semester, uh, for signing up for Nelnet and Nelnet allows you to take a predetermined amount and, uh, have those payments, uh, either charged to a credit card or you can sign up and have them directly taken out of a checking or savings account. That's one way you can do it. Uh, also, um, the, the, the day that, uh, tuition fees are due would be the fifth week of class. Uh, if you don't pay by that time, there, there would be a $50 late fee, but uh, there's no interest charged by the university other than a $50 late fee. Uh, with the expectation, you'll just have to get the balance down uh, by the time you need to want to register for the next semester, but tuition fees are due the fifth week. Um, NellNet is an option to help you plan for that and, and have it automatically, again, taken from a credit card or a banking institution. Uh, or the university does carry balances um, with a $50 late fee, but no additional interest.
0: Excellent. Thank you. Uh, Provost Cecil, uh, there's a question. How can I tell if my online classes will be held asynchronous or
2: synchronous? Uh, that might be a better question for Vice President Aki. Actually, she knows more <laughs> about the registration system by far than I do.
3: Certainly, uh, what I would recommend if your student um, logs into eServices, which is the activity they would have done um, with their advisor um, during the registration process, and they go to their course schedule, they'll actually be able to hover over the the mode for um, that delivery for that course. And there actually is pop-up text, um, and that should give you an indication of what whether that is a synchronous course or an asynchronous course. So whether they can expect um, those required meeting times, um, again, for a synchronous offering, or if it is um, more of a learn um, on your own at different times with various different activities and engagements in an asynchronous um, type method. Um, So again, if they go to their class schedule that they've currently registered for, they'll be able to see um, the type of modality for each of the courses that they're registered for, they can hover over that and they'll have some pop-up text um, that'll help give them more explanation for each of the various different courses as well as the various different meeting times and sessions. Um, and again, if there's you know, further questions or they're just not quite sure um, and they want to visit, they can certainly contact their academic advisor or our advising center. Happy to um, sit, sit with that student um, virtually um, and walk them through their schedule as well.
0: Excellent. There's a follow-up question and you might punch it or push it back up to to Matt, but um, it is the, oh shoot, where'd it go? Uh, Just disappeared. It was, uh, I think the nature of the question was if you're attending the class from your home location in your apartment or residence hall room um, via Zoom during FlexSync, is that recorded? Can you watch it later or do you have to watch it during that particular time?
2: Yeah, uh, in, in fact, I think you'll have control over that as well, but I, we are asking faculty members to record the classes and provide them, uh, provide access to them, to students later.
0: Excellent, thank you. Uh, there's a couple questions here around getting books. Um, we are fortunate enough to have Barnes & Noble on campus as a, as a university partner. Um, they have been super flexible in this this period right now, and... Um, if you go to the website and you find, once you get your classes and you identify the books you need, um, you can pre-order them and we really encourage all students to do that. And It gives you two options. They will ship them um, to you, at your home location if you want, or you can pick them up on campus, um, but they'll work with you to do that. Another question about um, uh, dorm rules, uh, specifically, can you have visitors? Um, it, we have not come to a, a concrete answer on that question yet of whether we can have visitors. Um, we are recognizing the, um, uh, the challenge that they may have if, if somebody wants to come and have a younger brother or sister come visit them and stay the night. That's something we've traditionally been able to do for, for a long, long time here at the university. But um, with our need to really protect and make sure our students reduce the transmission um, we, have, we are looking at visitors and, and how that might be able to be managed, um, whether that's in one of the vacant spaces we might be able to have or some other solution. We'll provide more specifics about that, but as of today, right now, we don't we don't have a concrete answer on that. Uh, another question is about masks being mandatory or, or just encouraged. Um, we do live in the, um, the city of Mankato, for those that might be following news across the state of Minnesota. Um, the city council did just pass uh, face covering uh, requirement through September 5th. Um, we as a university uh, um, are right now highly encouraging everybody and will be likely moving uh, ahead with even a higher um, standard. It is our hope that everybody takes every precaution that they can uh, when they're here at the university, whether that's washing your hands, practicing good hygiene, wearing a face covering, maintaining um, six foot distance when you're sitting in class or doing other activities and in our public spaces, wherever it might be. So um, face masks are definitely one, one strategy that can be helpful, and it's one we hope everybody elects to, to use as a potential solution. Um, hand sanitizers, can I ask um, Vice President Straka, can you share a little bit about what the university-wide kind of plan is for some of the cleaning and hand sanitizer availability?
5: Certainly, uh, there should be uh, uh, sanitizing, hand sanitizing liquid and and paper towels will be readily available in every classroom. Uh, Hand sanitizer will be readily available across the university. Uh, There will be a nightly uh, sanitation of all high traffic areas, doorknobs, restrooms, those kinds of things. We're actually hiring additional staff for this year to staff up to meet all of the CDC and Minnesota Department of Health cleaning protocols uh, for higher education. So we're making some significant investments there uh, and again, as I said, uh, tan sanitizer and sanitizing um, wipes and and, uh, and and paper towels to go with sanitizer, with bulk sanitizer will be readily available and uh, readily visible uh, throughout the university.
0: Great, thank you. Can, can I stay with you as well? We had a, a previously submitted question about um, the campus bus system and what the plans are for fall with that.
5: Um, Yes. I I know the city of Mankato will still have uh, the bus system will be operating. Um, I I do believe we have information um, on our website about that, but uh, I will try to follow up. If someone has an individual uh, question or concern, uh, you'd be go ahead and email me at rick.straka, S-T-R-A-K-A at mnsu.edu and I'll make sure I follow up with uh, the person on our campus who who is the liaison with the city of Mankato and bus service but uh, we we expect that we will still have fairly robust uh, bus service this year uh, this throughout the year Thank and you. as a reminder uh, just uh, being a student at MSU showing your math card does get you free uh, get you free rides on the bus uh, throughout the year so there's no fees to ride the bus anywhere on the city of Mankato transit system uh, as an MSU student.
0: There's a couple of questions here that are really kind of surrounding the same thing. It's, uh, um, will there be limits on how many people in the cafeterias, can we use pools, can we use uh, public spaces within our buildings? Um, All those will be possible while following a six foot minimum um, distance within any of those spaces. So where we're able to do that, we're already starting to adjust furniture physical layout. Sometimes that might be taping to identify how close you can have certain pieces of furniture, um, uh, removing chairs, taping them off in various fixed seat classrooms, that sort of thing. That would be the standard everywhere on campus, and so we're, we're making those adjustments right now. There was another question here about signing up for campus activities. Um, we, we have already started doing, a, um, uh, last week was the first time we did a virtual uh, fair where uh, students can in, uh, log in and we've got some additional ones planned in the, for the rest of the summer. But then we have a big one right at the start of the school year, where students have an opportunity to interact with our over 200 different student organizations to get involved, to join and, and meet new friends, as well as practice uh, leadership skills and those sort of things. Another question was um, what is the, you kind of got to this, um, Vice President Straka, is uh, disinfection of common areas, Plans. I know you're looking at supplementing some staffing. Can you talk a little bit about that?
5: Yeah, again, we're, we're adding a, a significant number of new positions um, whose, whose primary responsibility will be working, uh, working overnight to sanitize common areas and heavily used areas. So uh, we have a plan to make sure that we're going into um, all of the common areas on campus and the heavily trafficked areas and making sure we're doing a, a nightly sanitation.
0: And uh, same with you, Vice President Straka. There's a question about um, campus banking. Is there an opportunity to open a bank account with a bank on campus?
5: Um, we will have um, Affinity Plus Credit Union, who has been a long-time uh, tenant in the student union, uh, will be moving upstairs, and 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 will have a presence here for us. We uh, no longer have a specific. Uh, uh, agreement with a, a particular or a singular financial institution. Uh, so our MAV card moving forward will not be tied to any particular financial institution. We really did find that the use of that that tie was was not used very often as it's become pretty normal for people to have uh, financial institution relationships that include debit and, and credit card and bank card uh, kinds of processes. So. We would expect uh, that that people can use whichever financial institution they want to use, although I'm sure Affinity Plus would be happy to to, uh, work with your student and work with you to to set up an account. We also host a number of uh, bank-specific ATMs in the student union as well. Uh, So hopefully that can help lower create no-fee ATM uh, withdrawals and a partnership with your uh, existing financial
0: institution. Absolutely. Thank you so much. Um, I, I was remiss. I should have asked you, Jamie Waterbury, to answer the questions about dining. Uh, Jamie Waterbury's joined us today as well. He's our head of our, our University Dining Services. And Jamie, can you just give us a snapshot of what your staff's been planning for the fall and what food would look like in the Union as well as the University Dining Center?
7: Sure. Thanks, David. Um, as David said, I was, I'm the uh, General Manager for Dining Services here on campus. Um, just to give you a high-level overview of what we've been preparing for, um, I'll start with the dining hall. Um, you know, right now, uh, our capacity limits are set at 250 people. Uh, so we'll be monitoring people coming in, people leaving to ensure that we're, we're keeping up with that. Um, with that being said, um, if we are at a point where we are at our capacity, we still have options for food in the dining hall. Uh, we do have a to-go program um, that the students will be able to utilize. So they would, uh, at that time, just get their to-go container. Um, they would fill it up, and then they would have to leave and, and, and um, eat their meal elsewhere. Uh, we are looking at other spaces on campus, so if they'd like to eat that in a common area versus their, their dorm room, um, we would, you know, be able to, uh, they'd be able to do that. Um, With that, um, we've moved to um, contactless card readers throughout campus. Uh, So there's no exchanging of the MAV card. They, the the student will uh, tap a device and um, that will, um, that that they'll just use their card. Um, And then also we've expanded our credit cards to Apple Pay, things like that. Um, So we have contactless credit card options as well. Um, We have full, uh, every station has social distancing signs um, as well as um, stanchions, um, lots of signage. And also we've created a menu around um, really cranking up speed of service while uh, keeping a good variety of, of food and um, a lot of wholesome options. So um, that's, uh, that's the dining hall. Retail Retail is, um, for, for those of you that have been on campus, uh, the, the retail operations, uh, it's a pretty small space. Um, we have been working with our national brands, though, to adhere to all of their guidelines, as well as Minnesota Department of Health and CDC guidelines as well. So uh, there will be similar to the dining hall. You'll see social distancing floor markers, um, lots of sanitizer stations, um, and uh, just, uh, you know, everything uh, that we can do to make sure that everybody is uh, keeping up with all the, all the guidelines that, that we have in place.
0: Excellent, thank you, Jamie. It's We're very fortunate to have, not only one of the most beautiful university dining centers in the country, but uh, a staff to really compliment the, the incredible service there as well. So thank you for spending some time this afternoon as well. Uh, we got I know our time's evaporating here, but I've got a couple questions here still popping up. Uh, one is, uh, can I apply for parking? You can do that via our website. There's also information, the orientation um, module, in, um, modules that you have an opportunity to learn a little bit more about that in there. Um, A couple questions about university security, and um, we are going through not only uh, uh, this COVID-19, we're seeing some unrest uh, uh, within the state of Minnesota as we look at some racial issues, um, as well as moving into a probably contentious election period this fall as well. So um, we are, again, very fortunate that we have an incredible university security um, uh, unit here on our campus. Um, All of our professional university security members have a four-year degree, that's higher uh, standard than is required in the state of Minnesota for for, um, peace officers. And we we take great pride in having that degree of training um, here as well. And uh, so it is for those students who might be looking for jobs, we're always looking for some part-time assistance in that office as well. But uh, it is really uh, one that has a great um, uh, connection with a lot of the campus, as well as our local Mankato Public Safety, which is the local city police, as well as Blue Earth County Sheriff's Department. Uh, We work closely together and provide mutual support as needed Um, but we know that we've made sure that we are providing additional training, um, sensitivity, awareness training as well for all of our university security officers to to make sure that we're providing the best support for our universities as possible. There's a couple questions here about the Maverick Machine, our favorite marching band. Um, What plans are for that? I don't know who is best positioned to answer those questions. Probably me. All right,
2: Matt. So yeah, uh, we are planning uh, uh, with a lot of, of uh, care. A lot of care, how we're going to do uh, the Maverick Machine Marching Band. If you know uh, the director of the band, Mike Thursby, he's an incredibly creative guy. Uh, they're trying to figure out, for example, places uh, where practicing can happen with significant social distancing uh, because, as you know, because of the nature of the activity, uh, there's a lot of air moving through those instruments, and we want to make sure that everyone's safe. Uh, but right now, it's it's hard for me to imagine any event on campus without the Mab machine there to play the rouser. Uh, so we're hopeful that we'll be uh, ready to go. We're, we're being as creative as we possibly can, and, and what a great uh, student success community as well. So... Uh, I'm hopeful. Uh, We're working on this, and if anybody can figure it out, it's Mike Thursby.
0: (laughs) I believe that. Uh, Another question here to slip in, um, what is, uh, how has COVID-19 affected work-study jobs, other jobs on campus, other opportunities for student employees to work in sanitation on campus, if that's something. Um, We use a a tool called Handshake through our university, um, or pardon me, the Career Development Center. And so um, all of our work study positions are posted through that tool um, on their website as well as other non-work study jobs as well. Um, it's really a great, great resource there. I don't know if Vice President Straka if there's looking, if, you're, if any of your staff's looking at supplementing it with student help?
5: Um, I think we still will. we we supplement a significant amount with institutionally funded uh, uh, student work jobs as well. Uh, I think the biggest issue that's out there for those jobs right now is going to be in the workplace environment and whether the workstations can be socially distanced in such a way or with face coverings and so forth. But uh, I believe uh, that if, if we're here doing face-to-face uh, instruction and we have students on campus, uh, we'll have student employment opportunities for for students. Um, they're a critical part of our workforce Um and uh, it's a critical part of affordability for a number of our students um, to, to have those jobs. So we're, we're really hoping that we can keep as many of those students employed as possible.
0: Excellent. Um, question about requiring a meal plan. If you live in the dorms, or would rather just eat in their dorms versus going to the dining center. Um, at This point, time you have the option of bringing the food from the dining center out Um, we have a a pretty robust to go meal plan so um, we we think that opportunity to commune over food to make sure it's supportive of what you're trying to do so you're have energy in the classroom is is pretty important so i don't see a change in that at this particular time um if there's any oh an odd question about choir classes would students be singing with masks on matt can you talk about that
2: (laughs) That's uh, a similar answer to the Mav Machine question. We're, we're exploring that. We are waiting on that specific topic. We're waiting some guidance from the Office of Higher Ed as to how far apart people need to be, for example, to do that sort of activity. We know singing is another place where a lot of air is moving around, so we have to be extra careful. Uh, but it's our hope that we'll be able to figure out a creative solution for that. And right now, I know uh, Aaron Humble and others in the music department are working to figure that out. Excellent.
0: With COVID-19 being a respiratory uh, a transmitted disease, it's definitely a challenge, I think, for all of these things. That's probably the worst lead-in ever, President Davenport, that one could ever have, um, <laughs> to ask you to share some comments here. But um, I, I want to, again, before, before we end here, um, thank everybody for their time as well. And we know we didn't answer every individual one. We tried to do the best we could. We will have um, additional information sent out via the family office, our, our new student family programs office, um, as well in, in following up on, on clarity. So at any point, as you have questions, please reach out. That office is really the best, best place to start because if they don't know the answer, they likely know where to find the answer and we'll get you pointed in the right direction. So with that, President Davenport.
1: Well, David, thank you. And, and I, as you said or suggested, I'm sure there are a hundred other questions that uh, haven't been answered that you would like answered. So I encourage you to go to the uh, Return to Learn website and also our advising website probably can answer most of your questions. We also, uh, I just wanna share with you how vibrant we expect our university to be. Uh, Most people don't realize that we recruit, we have students on our campus from every county in Minnesota. And not only that, but from every state in the country and from more than 90 90 different countries on top of it. It's an extremely diverse population. We have with us uh, Anne Dahlman. Dr. Dahlman is our, um, our Dean of International Affairs. Raise your hand, Anne. Uh, she's in charge of uh, working with our international students. And um, I think many of you probably figured out we're not gonna have a lot of new international students simply because of uh, directives and so forth that are beyond our control in terms of getting uh, approval to travel to the US, but we do have about a thousand international students here. So what, what am I telling you that there's going to be a really good mix of students from not only Minnesota, but uh, from around the country and all over the world. And I think that's a tremendous opportunity for our students. But first and foremost, we we know we need to keep everybody safe. And that means I need your help. And specifically, I'm talking to the students when you get here. Uh, I know your mind will be on a thousand other things, but, uh, you know, I encourage you to uh, practice, you know, healthy habits, you know, every day, hand washing and and so forth, and taking your temperature to make sure that you're safe and and healthy. Uh, only you can do that. And so uh, I, I share that now. Uh, even for the benefit of the parents that are on board with us here today. Uh, I think at the center of our plans is that this is a comprehensive effort on the part of not just all the people that are with us here today, but are our, our close to 1500 or more faculty and staff. And they're looking forward to our students coming back as well. So um, I just want you to know that uh, we Welcome you to return to our virtual town hall meetings if there's more questions. And uh, and uh, we look forward to seeing you in the fall. And yes, we will have these masks available free for you and uh, plus others as well. So thank you. Thanks, everybody. And uh, have a good evening and stay safe.